Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Single Parent Advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacey Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Hello, wherever you are. Thank you for joining us. I am Daryl Moody, joining you from my studios at home here in Orlando, Florida. This is the Single Parent Advocate podcast. Uh, we're joined once again by Stacy Poitras. She is the Single Parent Advocate, and she joins us once again from those beautiful, luxurious SPA studios there in Dallas. Thank you to the fine folks there at Venturex Louisville, the realm at Castle Hills. Stacy, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Daryl. So excited to be back home after a weekend out of town. And, uh, you know, it's uh, crazy times. It just seems like we got to just keep putting one foot in front of another right now. It's no matter what curveballs we get. Right. Well, let's talk. All right. Let's let's get the weekend stuff out of the way before we dive into what's the latest with singleparentadvocate.org, because you've got a great story to tell us about your weekend uh, and it involves some swing dancing. Yeah, yeah. So I always, always love to dance. I've danced since I was a kid and I uh, went to Austin, Texas to actually go see my aunt. She's been very ill. Um, We think that she has had COVID. Good news is she's uh, coming out from under all of that. So super excited that she's all right and uh, count my blessings there. But then while there, there was a swing dance competition, which is like my favorite, favorite thing to do. Uh, And I went and danced all, let's say, Saturday and Sunday, no, I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday. And I got third place in Masters, which was really, really cool. Masters is, uh, you know, where you go and you don't know the music and you don't know who your partner's going to be. And so you just show up on the floor with your number on your back and, uh, do your best, you know, so. Now, now, do you keep like 1940s swing dancing outfits in your car for just such an occasion? Did you have your dancing shoes with you? What kind of shoes do you wear for swing dancing? So I have swing dance sandals or swing sandals. And of course, many of my friends do, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long, long time. And um, just really, I take my shoes in a little bag everywhere I go. So in case I go dancing usually we wear black pants and like a bright colored top and uh we just love to dance it's a wonderful community and of course everybody couldn't dance for the longest time and so uh it was a lot of people including me you know it was my first time back on the competition floor and it was a smaller event it was very very uh you know intimate and everybody kind of you know there were the mixture of masks like we talked about last week, you know, in the back to school environment. Well, there was the mixture of masks at this contest as well. And everybody got along, respected each other's uh, protocols. And man, we danced for hours, hours. It was so So, fun. So if I find myself in a dark alley and we're confronted by, you know, some, some, some members of a, of a rival gang and they want to have a dance off, you're the person that I want to have with it. Absolutely. Anchor back, baby, and get ready to swing. We do West Coast swing. It's fun. And there was some country competition people there doing two-step and uh, waltz and um, cha-cha. You know, it was really neat. That's amazing. I had 
I mean, I know you're an incredibly talented woman, but to to just show up and win third place at a at a master's level dance competition. I mean, well, masters, you know, you think about masters, masters is really, um, you know, if you're 50 years old and older. So that's why you're considered a master. If you're super advanced, they call you an all-star, right? Or something along those lines, an advanced dancer or an all-star dancer. But if you're a master's dancer, it's kind of like, you know, in golf, you have the masters, you know, who are certain age bracket. But, you know, a lot of those dancers in the masters are very advanced, you know, and so that can be kind of fun. So that's so that used to be called the senior PGA tour. Now it's called the champions tour because we can't we can't call them seniors anymore. So now that's the champions tour. But I'm getting older as a golf fan, so I know all the guys on the champions tour now. So it's not, you know, it's it's more fun for me because I know all the guys on the champions tour, whereas I only know, you know, maybe half the guys on the regular PGA tour. So uh and I thought my weekend was fun because I took the girls and we went and played golf yesterday. But oh, uh, we did not. We did not uh, happen uh, upon a dance competition. No, no, no. But they have them in Florida. Um, there's a lot of, of folks down in Tampa, Orlando. I know some folks uh, all over the state of Florida that come and, and dance in Dallas, and we go there and dance. It's it's a it's a it's a national organization uh, of West Coast Swing. That's what we well, do. Maybe maybe when we tackle the subject of dating as a single parent, I'll share my story with you in the audience about when I had a date with a woman and we did ballroom dancing lessons, uh, which I was not prepared for. But uh, that's a different story for another day. So uh, catch <laughs> us up to date, singleparentadvocate.org. North Texas Giving Day is right around the corner, uh, coming up in just a few weeks. Give us the latest on what you have going on. Well, so North Texas Giving Day happens every single year. It's hosted by Communities Foundation of Texas. And um, what happens is hundreds and hundreds of charities register at NorthTexasGivingDay.org. We all create profile picture or pictures and stories and talk about you know what our work is doing in, in our community. And um, we give all of our fans an opportunity to create fundraising pages and we get a matching sponsor and uh, all day long and, and really all through September, we're building, 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 trying to get everybody to create these pages and promote, 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 donating to support our respective charities, you know, whatever makes our heart burst. And so uh, right now what we're doing is we're really ramping up for that, hoping that right after Labor Day, everybody will get their giving uh, pages made and we'll be able to uh, get some folks to use their own circles of influence to help fund the work that we're doing, either right here on the podcast or feed on the street in the North Texas area or online, you know, with all of our social media and, and uh, you know, digital outreaches. So we're, we're just, you know, excited. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of big charities that take part in um, North Texas Giving Day, you know, traditional, you know, Salvation Army, United Way, all of those uh, wonderful, wonderful larger legacy organizations. But there's also a behemoth of smaller organizations that are really looking to uh, get the eyes of the public and have some of these uh, more niche and smaller startups get funding that they very much need for their, their populations. And so... Uh, North Texas Giving Day is a time when you can maybe choose five charities to give to. You know, it's right on the 
uh, cusp of year end giving for a lot of people right now. They're looking at, you know, what am I going to give to in the fall to help support the community that I'm in because I you know it's a, a big tax strategy, of course. And so we're just hoping everybody will donate to Single Parent Advocate and help us, you know, with these scholarships that we're looking to to provide single parents in college and all of these computers that we're looking to buy for the kids for school. And then if we really have a good run at it, we're gonna try to get some clothing in the hands of 100, about 100 kids that we, we know about from back to school that are asking for clothes also. also. Awesome, and, and what you, you know, I love what you said about NorthTexasGivingDay.org, uh, cooperating with some of the larger charities, but I mean, all you have to do is go to single, or NorthTexasGiving.org, you can search single parent advocate, um, in the search bar there and you can come up with your uh, charity specifically, you can support that effort. So that's awesome. Again, it's September 23rd, correct? September 23rd and uh, NorthTexasGivingDay.org. Just search for single parent advocate. Pick us, pick us, pick us and uh, get your friends on board, get your family on board. This is a big call out to the single parents of our community. And uh, you know, you can help be a mouthpiece to help influence giving. And that is in of itself a way to give. So we hope all of you will just jump on and uh, help us promote this and find some, some giving hearts out there that can afford to support our work and our community. All right, Stacy, roll up your sleeves, get ready to dig in. Cause we're gonna, we're gonna dive into our, our, our subject matter for this week. And that is uh, why does my child's behavior trigger me? <laughs> so uh, we've talked about this before, you know, there's a, there's several of these Facebook groups that I follow for single parents, single dads, uh, support groups, that sort of thing. Uh, although the memes, I think, are the, are the best product of, of following these things on social media. But uh, a lot of times you'll find different things that are useful, uh, you know, links to webinars, little videos from different experts. But I found, I don't know if I'd say this is a meme. And hopefully we can get it up on the screen for the for the folks at home to see. But it's it's uh, it's a graphic. It's a woman kind of sitting, uh, obviously beside herself. She's got her head in her hands, uh, and, and clearly she's triggered. But it says, "Why does my child's behavior trigger me?" And that really stood out to me because that's something that I have been struggling with a lot lately in my life. Is um, and, and, and educate us on this, Stacy. When I say being triggered, what does that mean? Well, you know, knowing we were going to kind of talk about this today, I looked it up and technically a trigger is something that takes you back into your past, whether you're aware of it or not, that you in a real guttural way react to. And typically it's a way that you've lost control. You have a, a loss of control in the way you react and, um, you don't really feel like uh, you're your best in the moment, but it's really hard to get that train to slow down once it's really started rolling down the tracks. And that can be the train of, of fear. It can be the train of, you know, anger. It can be the train of feeling a failure. It can be a train of sadness, you know, fear, sadness, anger, all those different um, emotions are a result of being triggered as a parent and um, triggers uh, come from our past like I said whether we know about them or we don't you know we're conscious of them They're, they are there and um, 
I can tell you a few times when I got triggered, Daryl, you want to hear about that? Sure. Dishes in the sink. I did not and do not really <laughs> react very well to dishes in the sink, like, or dishes around the house, like anywhere. Like I, you know, do not leave dishes around the house. And, and, and you, you know, on a day when I'm like, okay, about, you know, my stress level or I'm rested and I'm, you know, not pressed, you know, I'll either put the dish away or I'll calmly say, hey, did you leave that dish there with an eyebrow raise? But if, you know, I'm not having a good day and I'm stressed or pressed in some kind of strange way or maybe just normal way, I, uh, I react. I react. And then I react in a way that's out of proportion to what's really going on. Oh, yeah. It's never, it's never, it's never adequate for what the kids do. For me, one of the biggest triggers is when my kids leave a door open. Now, granted, I live in central Florida, which right now it's, you know, 90 degrees and, and you know, 80% humidity outside. So, you know, quickly when you leave that door open, but, um, you know, for me, and like I said, being triggered is something that I've been dealing with a lot in my personal life. So when this, when I found this, this meme, you know, it really, it stood out to me. I never, I didn't initially think we'd be talking about it on the show, but I mean, you know, sometimes you need content. So uh what aggravates me is when they do something that we have talked about time and time and time again uh, a behavior that i've told them i don't want them to do uh you know one thing i've noticed the kids do lately is when it when they when they reach for a cup of water they they grab it by the top of the cup like that and i try to explain to them like there is a global pandemic going on where people are catching a virus and they're dying from it and one of the easiest way to spread that is by touching the top of somebody else's cup and then they go to drink out of it and then whatever was on your so it's you know and i explain it the same way every time uh but things like that things that for me it's like i know my kids are intelligent they make good grades they're really smart they're articulate i know my kids are bright so to me it's like how do you continue to make the same mistake that we've talked about time and time again and i know i've made a big deal about it for the purpose of making sure that you remember and so when they continue to make those same mistakes, that triggers me for sure. So you 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 lose a feeling of control when when you when they don't obey you or they don't remember or it's not as well, important to them as it is to you. Let's let's look at let's look at some of the different options for for answers that we have here. Okay, <laughs> we'll spin the dial here and see where we land. The first one at the very top that stood out to me was it causes you to question your parenting. Oh, for me, you know, I, I mean, I'm always constantly questioning my parenting anyway, but when they're bad and to me, when they're bad about something that I know I've gotten onto them about, well, clearly I'm not getting onto them the right way. So I'm not reinforcing that lesson in an effective way. So to me, I think my first thought is, you know, that's me being an inadequate parent. You know what I mean? Fear of failure. Every day. Oh, so, I, I can identify with that fear a lot. You know, um, one of the things uh, I, you know, my son and I, we, we, we continue to both look back on, and I've, I think I've mentioned it before, was that spelling test when he forgot how to spell the, and I just lost it. I lost it. I'm like, how do you forget to spell the? 
like how how does that even happen? I don't even understand how. That, and I just you know it escalated. Eventually, he's in tears. Doing the same thing. Yeah, and um, it's fear of failure that you're not going to give your child the greatest success, like that they'll end up with better things than you or, you know, like fear of failure. It's huge. It was, it was and is for me as, as it relates to my son's well-being for sure. I think that's pretty normal. I'm not normal it. to overreact, but normal. Well, maybe it is normal to overreact. Let's, let's read on. Yeah, I mean, you know, the other options are you were stressed or irritated already. It triggers your shame or guilt. Uh, their big reactions trigger your anxiety or trauma. I don't think that's so much my problem. Um, a lot of it is, you know, I'm already stressed. We're all single parents. We're all, you know, We're all we already on tilt anyway. Of yep. course. And I do catch myself doing that all the time. And I yell at them and I'm like, I'm sorry. It, I'm not even, I've got a bunch of stuff in my head. Anyway, other options. Uh, you expect they should know better. I certainly, that's one that of the That sounds like what was going head. on with the cup. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you didn't realize their behavior was their way of communicating. Now, that one had me kind of thinking because, you know, a lot of times when you are triggered, all you do is react. You don't process what they've done. You don't think about why. Uh, and and the theory that that, you know, it's their way of communicating, although I don't know what they're trying to communicate by leaving the door open again, um, other than they want to pay the electric bill. Um, anyway, uh, but let's talk about that. You didn't realize it was their way of communicating. I mean, obviously you've gone down this road before with your son. Uh, does that, does that stand true for you in any of your experiences? Well, you know, um, I think so, uh, especially when it came to room cleaning, you know, Chris would tell you, uh, that he thought, that room should be his and he should be able to have things in the way that he wanted them and and he did have them where he wanted them but that wasn't where i wanted them <laughs> and so you know that ended up being kind of like a passive aggressive like impasse to the extent that you know i would go in and i'd start cleaning his room myself but it was so out of order from my way of doing things that uh I'd, I'd end, end up, you know, blowing up and telling him to get in there and work on that with me. And we weren't going to do anything until we got this room perfect, mm -hmm. you know, and that ended up being an extreme reaction, like then. way, you know, over here. Um, but it felt again, like, you know, I, I think I felt out of control. I felt like, you know, when in my house, you know, some, some triggers can come from our past, like I said, whether we know it or not. And my mom expected a clean house, you know, dirty dishes, messy room, not making your bed, uh, you know, messy house, like clutter around or things like that. It just really uh, was something I carried forward into my expectation of how I ran my house as a single mom. And um, that expectation, that level of expectation, I think Chris was communicating that he didn't find very reasonable. And probably a lot of friends' houses who he visited, they didn't have those same expectations either. And so he was communicating that this, he didn't think this was a reasonable expectation. Did you explain to him that those people live in a level of filth that they're comfortable with? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> And I, clearly something's wrong with them too 
you know, <laughs> you know, but it was just crazy. You know, the whole difference between how you, I found peace is when the house was, you know, Zen for me was for him like a museum and he was very uncomfortable in it. Like it I didn't feel sure. lived in for him. And for me, it was like, ah, and so yeah, dishes, trash, unmade beds, clutter. He mentioned a lot of times plants and pets. Like I expected him to help with the pets and the plants and chores around the house. And he was communicating that, you know, he didn't feel like those should be his responsibilities. They were my pets and my plants, you know, the birds and the dogs and the plants. So I think maybe if somebody's afraid to say the words, they just kind of pull away and don't participate. They just behave a certain way and that's kind of their way of... Yeah. You know, like my old man who said, actions speak louder than words. Uh-huh. Uh, let's let's look at some of these other options here. And, and thank you to the fine folks at BethRitchieCounseling.com for <clears throat> putting this together. But uh, another thing, it says you feel your child is being intentionally disrespectful. That's certainly something that I've felt before because I tell my kids all the time. And, and, and it's, you know, for me, it's, I mean, I've had complete strangers come up to my kids at the park and say, you shouldn't talk to your dad that way. Um, and, you know, if I'm, if I'm being real, I mean, that was probably the most humiliating moment I've ever experienced as a father was having some complete stranger at a park correct your kid's behavior because of the way they were talking to you, you know? Um, as you as you alluded to earlier, you feel a lack of control in the situation. That's certainly something that you feel. Uh, you have an unidentified need in that moment, being uh, angry or tired or hungry. Or, um, I forget, you know, my shrink talks about, you know, there are five, five states where you shouldn't be talking about important things when you're hungry, tired. And uh, lonely. Hungry, lonely. angry, lonely, or tired. Sure, all those things. Uh, and then the last option that they give you here, you're, you're taking the behavior personal. I'm 100% guilty of that as well. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't always do this effectively, but I, what I've tried to do to combat being triggered in my household is to uh, not just, just not react. You know what I mean? Like, let that thing happen and then wait a few minutes. I, don't, I, I haven't counted or anything like that. I've been able to control myself. Um, at least when I'm thinking about it. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing if you do that, if you can discipline yourself to wait 10 seconds and then think about it again, you know, nine times out of 10, you are going to react differently. Well, or just remove yourself, you know, for a minute and, you know, just even take some deep breaths, you know, and try to get perspective, you know, if everybody's safe, you know, like sometimes things can happen where let's say our child is on the sidewalk and they move out into the street in front of a, you know, traffic. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's okay. I'm going to get that baby and I'm going to get him off the street, you know, quick. Yeah. But what you say to that child at that moment, you know, can be, you know, scolding and aggressive and really debilitating as far as the, the child's, the way they learn to speak to themselves. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, I'm so glad you're okay. We're gonna have to go over, 
you know, this whole traffic thing again. Like, you know, I just really want you to, you know, be safe and kind of talk through it as if you were talking to a younger child, you know. Um, one of the, the things that's kind of crossed my awareness lately, and I, I um, really kind of took it to heart, even in my own counseling, is about, you know, the voices of our parents that between, uh, I think, right between six and eight, the voices that our children hear from our parents up until that time become our inside voices and how we talk to ourselves. And so if we are continually being triggered and communicating from a place of triggering to our children, we are teaching them how to talk to themselves. And they will carry that and that becomes their, or a portion of their inner voice. And so that's why it's so important to, you know, try to grow ourselves as a parent and read up and try to figure out how do I, how do I have intensity and caring and overcome all of my concerns and fears and, and hopes and dreams for my child when it's like that kind of a moment such that they're always going to hear that inside voice of affirmation, of love, of safety, of discipline, you know, and all the good things that we want them to carry with them once we're not here anymore, right? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's so hard to not knee-jerk and yell at them and that sort of thing. And I do yell at my kids. I'm guilty of it. But, you know, I always tell people for as much there's much yelling and aggression and chaos as there is in my house. There's also a lot of snuggling, a lot of loving, a lot of, you know, uh, when I talk to kids in, I always make a point to lay down, you know, on their bed kind of with them. So I'm really close to them, um, you know, to, just to, to get that intimacy, you know, uh, because I do, I feel like I scream at my kids all the time. And I do feel like I'm, I'm way harder on them than than i'm sure their mother is but i don't know you ask my older sister she'll tell you that she's more you know my ex-wife is more strict on on them than i am uh but it's, well you it's, know it sounds like daryl you're really open though have you have an open heart as it relates to saying hey you know guys i i didn't conduct myself in the oh the, i've apologized a million times to my kids a million times and, and I, so and they're I, learning know, I, from you when they slip up that they can say they're sorry too, or they can apologize. I hope and, so. Um, you know, like whenever you talk to them about yelling back at you, you know, that's kind of a catch 22, but maybe you can say something like, well, when I, um, when I slip up and I, I, I get, you know, to a point where I'm like yelling too much mm -hmm. and I realize it, I usually ask for forgiveness because I don't want anybody to remember that as the most pot or common memory of me. I want you and people I care about to remember and know that I care for you and that I, it, it, it's an intense amount of care that I sometimes, uh, I, I don't, and I, I don't think, show very well. Well, I think for me, the struggle is like, you know, I want my kids to like, when it's go time, like you, you attend hut, you know, standard attention, await instruction, do exactly what I tell you to do it. 
and don't do anything until you're done doing everything I told you to do. And for me, like, I, I wish my kids could transition from being kids to good soldiers, you know, more quickly. Sounds like you may have a couple of creative minds and they might, they might, you know, need a, I mean, I can't speak for you on this, but you know, some structure comes in a lot of different forms, right? And if you have more of a creative mind, you know, structure is a little bit more round versus square, you know, like setting, like we talked about last week, setting boundaries. Like I want you to do this between noon and two or whatever. And as long as that's done within that time frame, at this, you know, then you, you know, you end up having more reasonable expectations of what that personality type or that that uh, person thinks they can align with, you know, even little minds, you know. They can uh, they can have uh, ideas of their own. And so, you know, that was one of the things I read about triggers is, you know, a lot of unreasonable expectations uh, that we put on ourselves. Like I expect my kids to hut to and or in my case, I expect my child to keep a perfectly clean house. Um, you know, it, sometimes it just doesn't fit their DNA. And so is it more important to, uh, you know, meet these incredibly difficult expectations or is it better to kind of work with what you have and um, adjust well, I, those expectations I'm, a bit? I'm sure to some extent I need to adjust my expectations. It is probably a little unrealistic to expect a six and eight year old to you know, snap to attention and, and do what I asked them to do. But I'm, you know, but in the case of, you know, we're going to go to the golf course, like I shouldn't have to tell them four times to put their shoes on. You know what I mean? And when I get aggravated is after I've told them, you know, put your shoes on. And then I see them two minutes later and she's at the bookshelf playing with something and she's got no shoes on. I'm like, wait, I gave you one job, put your shoes on. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's like, I just want my kids to focus on, what I asked them to do when I asked them to do it. Right. right. Well, maybe a, a different consequence instead of you yelling at them or, you know, it might be, oh, I'm sorry. I guess we're going to miss the golf course today. Nobody's got their shoes on. <sighs> you, you know, know? and, and, and I, 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 and man, I've had to, it, that's so difficult when you have to follow through with a consequence like that, where you, where you told them that you're going to take something away from them if they do it again, and then they do it again. And you're like, I have to take this from you. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I want to go to the golf course, but I told you that I was going to take it away from you. So now I have to take it away from you because if I don't take it away from you, you, you know, it just chips away at my credibility and you don't, you're not going to believe anything that I say because you know that you can get out of it. You know what and I mean? And that's, that's part of structure, you know, in our lives, you know, and so. Well, what I find, what I find myself doing now, Stacey, is I'll, you know, I'll, go to say, if you do that again, I'm going to take this away. But then I stop myself from saying it. I'm like, you know, they're going to do it again. And you know, you're going to have to either take it away. And then you don't want to take it away. To, right. And, and it's so, okay, well, what's a, what's a less serious consequence that I can threaten them with? You know what I mean? That, that doesn't ruin the whole day and take away what we had planned. So, you know, something no that doesn't answer. punish yourself. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to play golf yesterday. Absolutely. Uh, and you do, you do end up kind of punishing yourself because you're taking the reward away from yourself as well. 
But you know, what I'm remembering right now, Daryl, is I remember like in my life with Chris, you know, he never went somewhere else. He was always, you know, with me, you know, I was, I didn't have a parenting situation where he went on the weekends or any time to another person's house on a regular basis. And I can imagine you feel really intense, like you want the time while they're there to be so perfect. And um, I know I had that feeling for different reasons. That I wanted uh, the life that we had to be so perfect and I wanted him to have good memories to look back well, on. And that's a good point. I mean, last week we were, you know, we were, we were gathering up on the couch to read our Bible stories before we go to bed. And, you know, Elise wants to read the story, but of course she doesn't recognize half the words and the, you know, cause it's all Bible stories and she doesn't know who Nehemiah is or where Nazareth is or how to pronounce those words or stuff. So it's really, it's like, you know, no, you need to read a kid's book. But I mean, she started fighting with me and then Claire got upset and I'm like, forget it. We're going to bed. And I, and I remember explaining to them how upset I was because I was like, you know, I wanted to have this sweet moment where I'm gathering my kids together and we're reading, you know, we're reading God's word together before we go to bed and you two ruin it with your bad behavior. And of course I didn't help it by being triggered and reacting poorly, which I'm sure I did, but it's like, it's so hard to, not let little things like that ruin something as nice as reading with your kids every night. Well, I think too, you know, as single parents, we are, we're working toward our own best life while we're working toward our um, child's, you know, our, you know, aspirations that we have for our children. I think that's true of any parent, single parent or, or not, you know, uh, but it, that intense, you know, fear of failure, like this isn't going to be a good memory or this is ruined, you know, like maybe letting ourselves off the hook. I saw this uh, article online. It, it was called onetimethrough.com, what you need to know about parenting triggers. And it talked a lot about these two books. And maybe we should like publish this for all of us to kind of consider listening to on Audible or reading. One was called Raising Our Children, Raising Ourselves. And then the other one was called Parenting from the Inside Out. And it talked, both of these talk a lot about, you know, admitting that we're not perfect and being open to learning. You know, like, if you think about it, you know, most single parents have come through some form of ruin. I talk about all the time, divorce, disease, death, disability, decisions, you know, and all of those uh, situations put us in a place of stress and anxiety and feeling like we've been a failure or we've been rejected or we're not good enough. And, you know, we, we, we come from this as our condition of heart to these most precious souls that we have in our lives, wanting to build the most perfect experience for them. And, and we have to work on ourselves first. And it's never, even now, you know, I'm learning, I'm in counseling still, um, it's never finished. We're always learning and growing and learning something new. And once we've mastered, you know, six-year-olds and eight-year-olds, they turn 12 and 14, and then they turn 18 and 21. And, you know, it's, it's like this constant evolution. And then you add a pandemic and culture changes and 
all the different variables, you know, that that you're faced with, it, it can't it can't be uh, very easy to know what good looks like because that's a moving target, right? It's a moving target because we're always learning, they're always learning, we're all always facing all of these these different things in our environment that change the game on us and make us all feel out of control and like things aren't fair. And what's that website again? It's called onetimethrough.com and the article is what you need to know about parenting triggers. And then in two books that she recommended uh, was Raising Our Children, Raising Ourselves, and then Parenting from the Inside Out. Um, I just thought, gosh, it looked like a really great way to get some ideas about, okay, I'm feeling, I'm feeling that fear, or I'm feeling out of control, or I'm feeling disrespected, or I'm feeling, uh, you know, like a failure all of a sudden, like, you know, like in the park when your child was yelling at you, right? You know, and you're so embarrassed and you feel like a failure, you know, what could you do to diffuse the situation and, you know, get to the point to where you could communicate uh, without totally losing it, you know, and sometimes losing it is not yelling back. For some of us, Losing it is running away or crying or burying our heads, like you were saying, the lady in the picture. Sometimes losing it is, you know, self-medicating. Like people lose it in other ways other than just yelling. And so I think all of us, me included, you know, just have to constantly work on ourselves and, and being the best parent we can involves constantly working on being the best parent we can. And some of the times that involves letting ourselves off the hook, even though things don't look like we really dreamed of, it doesn't right. mean that they're bad. It just means they're different. Well, maybe we can share those links on the uh, various social media pages for so, uh, single parent advocate. Oh yeah, no, I'm Facebook going to, and, I'm going to okay. put it on uh, the caption for uh, our our post today on YouTube, and I'll put it on uh, the caption for all of our listeners. And what do they say in the comments below? Yeah, comments below. <laughs> My kids would be so proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> See, but yeah, no, I'll put it all up there. But I I think you know you're not alone in this. I mean, all of us have lost it, and um, you know the quicker we can take that inside voice that critical inside voice, that's the thing I'm going to counseling for right now and speak to ourselves in a way that is forgiving and is affirming. Then we can speak to our children that way, even though we feel out of control. Um, and how do we get to that place? It, I think it's a constant, a constant, um, Thing, you know, but if we do that work, then we're teaching our kids to have that inside voice to be able to do the same. And, yeah. and that is a pretty positive legacy, um, I think. Well, excellent show, Stacy. I feel like I grew as a person. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you for your tutelage as always. Oh, well, uh, I think it's a school of hard knocks. Well, I mean, you know, tough love. I can, I can take it. Um, North Texas Giving Day coming up September 23rd, northtexasgivingday.org. Search for single parent advocate uh, in the search box there. Donate directly to them. Stacy, thank you as always. And thank you, Daryl. You're such a good dancer. I know. And you're a good golfer. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> See you, folks. Bye, we'll everybody. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>